What's up, Atlanta? It's game day, and ATLNs United podcast is back. I'm Blake the Marshman, joined by my co-host. ATL Joe! And uh, we've just made it back from a long, long trip up to the Jersey Shore. Uh, not sure if Snooky was spotted, but I know that Breck Shea got left behind at the airport. Yeah, he totally got left behind at the airport, Blake. I saw him and Snooky. Snooky was all like, hey, Breck, you want smush smush? And Breck Shea was kind of like, uh... Okay. <laughs> Either way, it's game day. We got to get ready for a new one. We got Salt Lake tonight. Let's do this thing. Welcome back, number 17. So I hope you had a good week. We got another big week coming up for Atlanta. Double game, it's game day. It's game day, Joe. Already right game now, day. It's already game day. I got my five stripes jersey on. The five stripes or the stars and stripe, star and stripes. I haven't bought a stars and stripes yet. I, I know I'm looking right at you, and you're definitely wearing five stripes. Still looks good. It's the best jersey we ever came out with. It's the best jersey, the OG jersey, Darlington I, Nagby on the back. I can't wait for uh for the nostalgia day, and they do the throwback kit for the five stripes. You think they'll do that this season? I'm still waiting on the throwback game at Bobby Dodd. That's what we really need to bust out. That would get the original energy back into the building. That that would be a very, very great game. What's going on in Atlanta this weekend, Joe? I know we got a game tonight. We got a lot of things going on over the weekend. Stay up, watch the game tonight. Uh, if you're looking for some fun stuff around the city, we got Atlanta Jazz Fest happening this weekend. It's a free festival at Piedmont Park. It's always pretty fun. They got great jazz music, uh, local and and regional bands coming through here. They, they do a great job, and Piedmont's always a great time to get out there and enjoy some time in the sun. Yeah, I always listen to uh, jazz 91.9 when I'm stuck in traffic. I have to say the Atlanta jazz scene has really taken off. There's a ton of local artists. I agree with you. I checked it out last year at Piedmont Park. Highly recommend it um, to anyone that is looking for something to do on a Saturday. It's going to be hot. I know it's Memorial Day weekend coming up, but great place to, to get out. Enjoy the weather. Maybe yeah. bring a hat or one of those misty fans. Memorial Day weekend, a wonderful time. If you guys haven't hit the Chattahoochee yet this year, it's a good time to go shoot the hooch. Maybe go get out on Lake Lanier or Lake Alatoona. Just go spend some time around the water. Break out that barbecue grill. Get some ribs going. It's a wonderful weekend to just be outside and have some fun. Yeah, and hopefully we can spend the whole weekend celebrating an Atlanta United win. You know, speaking of stuff coming up for Atlanta United, I saw this week we announced that we're going to do a Women's World Cup final viewing party. It's going to be before our next game against 
Jersey Shore Red Bulls. And that's July the 7th. So you guys mark that on your calendar. It's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, have some people in the bins early. I know the beer lines are going to be open early. Hopefully they don't run out of beer. They ran out of IPAs last game I was at. So that was obviously devastating. Kind of like this other devastating news I just got, Joe, that Sal Zizzo is retiring. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. He um he heard about Snooki being in... in- New Jersey and he decided to retire from soccer and go uh, spend his time looking for Snook Snook. Yeah. So while Sal Zizzo moves to New Jersey, Kevin Egan, a regular broadcaster for Fox, he does a lot of the Atlanta United games. He actually announced he's moving to Atlanta. So regular listeners, Kevin Egan has done a fantastic job covering the team at a local level. He's moving to Atlanta. I'm guessing he's probably got a permanent gig lined up with Atlanta United. This is exciting news. He does a great job. Love listening to Kevin Egan on those uh, those weeknight matches. Yeah, Kevin's been great for us, and it's great news to hear that he's coming to Atlanta for for good because he's already been a very crucial part of of the number 17s, and and he's a part of our history now. So I hope he's here for a long time to stay. But moving on in other news, Petey Martinez left off Argentina's Copa America squad. This is great news for us. It's definitely sad for for Petey. I mean. He hasn't had the start to the season that anyone thought he was going to have. I don't think this should come as a shock to anyone, but it is interesting because he was moving into that Argentina squad. He was becoming a regular, and now he's at a position where he's had a dip in form. He's still playing better for Atlanta United, but he's definitely not the PD of last year. He's definitely not the Argentinian player of the year, the South American player of the year anymore. So... He's got to work himself back in a form before he can expect to start alongside Messi, at least in my opinion. Yeah, and and for anybody who's a follower of international soccer, uh, you saw Petey Martinez got a lot of call-ups in the January and like the winter windows. And for any international squad, that's the time period to try out some of the new players who you're thinking is going to start making a jump and be able to make the team for Argentina or USA or any international squad. And Petey had a couple of tryout times, and he obviously didn't impress the coach enough to make the squad. And he he's kind of had a slump during the MLS. But his time's not over with Argentina. He's going to have several more tryouts. you got another three and a half more years until the World Cup comes around again. Petey's going to have several opportunities to make that first-team roster come four years from now when it really counts. Yeah, but I mean, the Copa America is huge in South America. I can't understate that this is a huge tournament, and I know Petey wanted to be a part of this, so sad for him. Glad we get to keep him throughout the summer. Um, Speaking of rosters internationally, we got the Gold Cup coming up here for CONCACAF in North America, and we got some players that made the 40-man roster. This doesn't mean they're going to make the final roster, but Brad Guzan made it. We got Darlington Nagby on there and Miles Robinson all made the 40 man roster. Uh, and other news, Romario Williams, who has seen, has he even seen a minute of playing time this year, Joe? Yeah, he, he's been on the field. He got in the field last game. Oh, that's right. I was, I was distracted by Snooki. Yeah, but you mentioned these 40 man rosters and the gold cup coming up. Uh, that is the initial roster. It gets cut down to 23 players come time of tournament which the tournament is going to be during our two-week international break, uh, which, by the way, podcast listeners, we're going to take a break during this international break. But we'll be back right afterwards. And this 23-man roster can consist of any of the 40 players named, uh, and they can rotate during each and every game. So there's a good chance that Brad, Darlington, 
and Miles, all three get playing time with the U.S. national team. Uh, Romario Williams is a lock to be on Jamaica's 23-man roster. And if I want to break it down further, I think Brad is a lock to be the second or third goalkeeper on U.S. national team. Darlington, they're going to want his veteran presence. Miles Robinson's the wild card. He has had a great season with Atlanta United, and he's starting to make ways for that U.S. national team, who's missing John Brooks, our, our star defender. So it, it's a really good chance Miles Robinson could squeak into that lineup, and they might even give him a start here or there. Yeah, and it's exciting times. I think that we have some other players that are going to break into the national team. Obviously, Ezekiel Barco is still away at the U-20 World Cup, still playing well. So international games with the way the MLS is structured. It's, it's one of those frustrating things where it interacts with the MLS season, just the way our league is set up. So we got to deal with it, you know, and I think we have some other prospects that are coming, coming up. You know, a lot of people thought George Bellow would be in contention, but he hasn't even been a part of our team this year. That's a guy to watch out for the future of the national team. You know, jumping back to the MLS, not a lot of news here, but Chris Wondolowski, an MLS legend, actually broke the all-time goal-scoring record. But I did find this interesting. The MLS.com predicts that Joseph Martinez, if he stays in the MLS, is is on pace to shatter this record before the end of his career. Wondolowski may be on his last year. Uh, so congrats to Chris Wondolowski. He's, he's a class act, and he's been great his entire career in the MLS. Yeah, I give it up for Wando, who, who's been a pretty decent U.S. national team player. He plays great during the World uh, Gold Cups, but when it comes to really even stronger tournaments, he kind of does not perform to what you expect him to do. But in MLS, he just knows how to score. He is one of those guys that can score any way possible and has a knack for just hanging around the goal and just, just poking them in or even putting in wonder goals of his own. So... Good. Give it up for Wondolowski, the wonder goal scorer. Wando, the wonder. You know, all-star voting for the MLS game is also coming up. This year, the MLS All-Stars are playing Atletico Madrid. Uh, Atletico Madrid is a team in a little bit of turmoil right now. They had a good season, but they're losing their best player in Antoine Griezmann. But that's going to be the team we play over the summer, the MLS that is. I'm hoping that none of our players make the roster. Well, they're losing Again. a couple players. Uh, you said their best player. I was thinking you were going to Diego Godin, the Uruguayan center back, who has been a uh, stalwart of that team. He is also leaving Atletico. So they, they're going to have a, a couple of players coming in this offseason. And we'll see if they bring in some big name players to actually start during the MLS All-Star break. Yeah, so voting's up. Um, we would encourage all Atlanta United fans to get out there and, and vote for other teams' players. We don't need anyone getting hurt in the All-Star game. It's not in Atlanta this year, so don't worry about showing up. Let's just vote in other teams' players keep our guys healthy we all remember what happened to greg garza a couple years back and uh yeah i'll watch the all-star game hopefully with no atlanta united players on it great news for atlanta united we just won sports team of the year and also sports facility of the year with mercedes-benz stadium so bravo to the five stripes bravo to you number 17s atlanta just keeps winning records winning trophies way to go atlanta united yeah, and this is a really cool award. This is from the Sports Business Journal. Uh, come out. You know, our team has really taken off. Our attendance is shattering records. And if you guys haven't been up to Marietta to check out the training facility, Joe and I know got to go last year for an open training session. 
it is beautiful. It's an incredible facility. They keep adding on to it. And it's something that's going to keep attracting top talent and keep developing our youth program. So I think it's huge to have the facilities we have on top of the fan base, the team, and the stadium that we have. We're set up to succeed for the long term. So this is a great award. I hope we keep it rolling. And uh, you really couldn't ask for much more as a new team just in this third year. It, it's really great. And uh, one more thing with Atlanta News. They just came out and announced that Atlanta United, the champions of MLS, is going to face off against the champions of Liga MX or Liga MX, which their championship is happening tonight right now as we're recording this podcast. And tickets go on sale tonight through next Tuesday. Limited time for supporting founding members. You guys go get your tickets. It's going to be hosted in Atlanta in August, and it's going to be a wonderful game. It looks like Tigres is most likely the team that we're going to face, and it's something that's going to be very special, and it might be a tradition that they start from here on out. So heading into Salt Lake, I don't know much about Utah. I don't know much about Salt Lake City other than you can ski there. What what do we know about Salt Lake going in, Joe? I mean, this is a big one tonight. I don't know. Has Snooki ever been to Salt Lake? I, I don't think she's ever made it that far west. No, did she get get lost? Yeah, she's never actually left Jersey. That that's kind of sad. It kind of kind of hurts, Blake. Why don't you tell me what else is hurting? Injury report. Injury. Injury. That's right, that's right, that's right. Guess what time it is, Joe? Blake's favorite time of the podcast. It's it's time for injuries. This one hurts me. This comes at a really bad time. Tito, Vialba. Vialba. Flying down the wing. He's uh he's out. Minor knee injury. I don't know what minor knee injury. Anytime I hear knee injury, I panic. I've had a knee injury in my past. I don't know if they're ever minor. Knees are the worst part of the body. They don't make any sense. They break no matter how strong are you. Strong are you? Strong you are. Your knee's going to break. We see it in the NFL all the time. Don't see it as much in soccer, but he's out for this game. Who knows when Tito's going to be back? We don't really have an update, according to uh, Frank Dubor. And then we still have Bello out. Vasquez is out. And Kratz is still out. So what is going on with these long-term injuries? Bello, Kratz, Vasquez is a role player at best. He's a... He's more of a guy that you slide in his girlfriend's DMs. But at the same time, I'm kind of concerned that we're having these long-term injuries and we're kept in the dark on it. We thought Bello and Kratz were going to be out for just a couple weeks. And it's turned into the whole season so far. I mean, what's your take on this, Joe? Well, you, you got me kind of puzzled. You said knees are the worst part of the body. But I've got to think for males, nipples are probably the worst part of the body. That, that doesn't even make sense. Why, why do men have nipples? Well, I mean, I, I feel like I, I utilize mine uh, quite well. I'm not going to go into detail. How so? Really? Because you, yeah. you just leave with a cliffhanger right there, and now I'm very intrigued as to how Blake uses his nipples. I mean, you see me with my shirt off. Uh, anyways, enough with injuries. Let's get into the recap uh, up in Jersey. It wasn't a fun one. Yeah, Blake, I think we have to recap this game. It was- very unfortunate it ended the way it did one nothing we lost while being a man up we finished the first half with a man advantage and and then the entire second half we had we had a man advantage and we could not get a goal and they scored on a uh, fast break where they they caught us out of hand um 
let me go right into their goal real quick. They had a wonderful breakaway uh, across into the box from just beyond midfield, about across where only his offensive player can get it. And a brand new player who just signed to the league 11 days ago was the one who scored a goal. He had to make an adjustment to get to the ball, got his head on it, and really put it into the only side of the net where Braguzan could not make a single play on the ball. The ball squeaks into the net, ruins our shutout streak. It just kills it right there. And then we couldn't score on top of that. Yeah. I mean, this goal scored by Tim Barlow, you know, he just got called up from Red Bulls too. He is coming in the league. He's a big guy. He's a strong guy. You know, he's going to be a target man. I just am so disappointed that we let this goal in. It was a defensive lapse. But it's no excuse. They get a red card in the 35th minute. We play 90 minutes of soccer at least. And we can't get a goal in. You know, being a man up for for over half the game, there was really no excuse here. I, I thought it was a clear red card. It was a light foul on Joseph. But he was the last man. He was through on goal. And he got pulled back. I thought the red card was justified. It was just hard the way the game went down. Red Bulls tightened up. They put all their men behind the ball. They parked the bus. They get one breakaway, and he puts it in. And I thought Brad could have done better here. I thought Brad's positioning was off. Honestly, I don't think he read the cross well. But by the time it hit Barlow's head, that goal, it just (laughs) made Brad look stupid, in my opinion. It was a tough way for Brad to lose his clean streak. But at the same time, you got to give it to Red Bulls because they defended well the whole game. And the new guy comes up, makes a pretty much an MLS debut. This was only his second start, and he scores. And it just deflated us in the 65th minute. We never really bounced back and and never got back on the board. Yeah, Blake, uh, looking at the game and rewatching it a couple times, it's kind of funny that the adjustments of the game plan after – New York went a man down, went in favor, the game style, game flow went in favor of New York Red Bulls after we got a man advantage. In the opening 30 minutes of the game, it was back and forth. I mean, opening five minutes, New York almost scored. They hit the crossbar. But after that, Atlanta was the more attacking team. And with New York's high press, we were, we were really breaking them down and creating a lot of fast break opportunities, catching them in a lot of uneven man situations, going in full attack mode and, and really exposing them when they were pressing all the way up into our final third. And then after the man advantage where the red card came and, and you're right, it was a clear justified red card. And in, in my opinion, uh, be, by the letter of the law, Joseph Martinez had a one-on-one with the goalie, and the defender pulled him down. It's a even though he got a shot off, it was a clear goal-scoring opportunity. That's a red card every day. And then after that, New York made a shift, deciding to put everyone behind the ball, and the only way that they were going to score was on counter-attacking opportunities. And in the past, we've seen Atlanta very susceptible when people park the bus and, and have two lines of four where you have to really try to break them down. Atlanta struggles against that. And you look back even as far as the first season, D.C. United really crushed us that first year, winning three games by parking the bus and, and scoring a couple goals off of fast break opportunities. And that this game reminded me a lot of that. 
Yeah, I, I just wish we had been more aggressive as soon as they went a man down. I thought that 35th minute to the 45th minute was our opportunity to put one in the net, kick them while they're down. And even where the foul occurred, PD had a great opportunity for a free kick right there. He drills it into the wall. And after he missed that free kick, I was like, uh-oh. Because you never know when a team goes a man down, Sometimes it can favor the team a man down. All of a sudden, their mind is on one thing, and that's keeping a clean sheet, playing defensive, and that's what they did. They kept us out. We only had two shots on target. I thought it was a poor game from our attacking perspective, and and it was just hard to see our team struggle. We've always struggled on the Jersey Shore. We've always struggled against the Red Bulls, especially in New York, uh, You know, except for obviously in the playoffs when we squeaked out of there to advance last year and win the Cup. Uh, regular season against the Red Bulls has been tough for us, and they were they were without some of their best players. So to have a guy come up from the uh, you know from the the two team for the Red Bulls and beat us, it's a tough pill to swallow. We got to move on. We were on a great run, and and we got we got to move on. I mean, we got a game tonight. Like you're you're exactly right. Uh, if you look back at this, we've won five out of our last six. And before this Red Bull game, we had won six out of our last seven games, five in a row. And we're gone in the middle of the longest road trip that we're going to have all season long. Uh, We went to Vancouver, which is about the farthest we could travel, going back home just to get on a plane to go to New York. And now we're on our way to RSL. So we've got three points out of six possible. And now we got nine possible. If we can go out and get a sixth, It'll be good. So I'm ready to move on, Blake. I think I am ready for a beer. Beer of the week! Every week. What do we got this week, Joe? I know it's it's Left Nut Brewing, and it's in Gainesville, Georgia. Always trying to keep a Georgia beer on the show. The Lapland Blonde Ale by Left Nut Brewery. And what I wouldn't give my left nut for Atlanta United winning the rest of their season. I... I uh... I, w- I would keep mine if I had the option. Let's spike it in. Hey, fantastic spike. Uh, yeah, you guys check it out. Uh, I, for a while, I thought the only Gainesville was in Florida. Grew up an SEC fan. Learned about Gainesville, Georgia. They got a lot of great stuff going on in Gainesville. And this is a really cool brewery. They got a lot of great beers. Their artwork on their cans is phenomenal. And yeah, we're just we're throwing it back. We got the Blondale. Throwing it back to the days of Blonde Joseph. Blonde Barco and man, yeah. Joseph changed his hairstyle. We immediately lost. I don't know if that has anything to do with the game. I think we've we've proven that from previous episodes. Well, well I think Joseph had a couple of blonde ales before he went out, and uh, and his hair turned back to blonde. It was kind of incredible. Speaking of incredible, this beer is pretty incredible. It's got a little sweet taste of honey in it, but and it's it's lightly hopped, so it's kind of like tastes like a lighter IPA in a sense, but not quite as hoppy as an as an ale and it's got a little sweet aromas to it i like it a lot yeah if you guys are ever in gainesville driving through gainesville stop at left nut check it out you can find cans here in atlanta uh this is a great beer we're going to continue to enjoy it but you know what we got a fun section coming up i'm, I'm really excited for this one it's time for total Right, Joe time for tactics uh you know love this section want to break down the team want to see how we're really shaping up we've played fantastic defensively the past six or seven games 
But this is a little bit concerning, and this is something I've been wanting to talk about. We've scored only one goal from open play, and it's in the last 279 minutes. So more than more than three games almost. And I'm, I'm wondering if our offense is still having trouble connecting, linking up. And is our defense just kind of disguising our offensive troubles right now? Because I got to say it, without Miggy, we haven't seen any sort of synergy from our front line this year. Gressel hasn't been his usual assist bringing self. Petey has had a slow start. He's playing better. And Joseph is way behind pace from previous years. You know, is this something that that is going to be trouble moving forward? Do we still think we're going to click? Uh, it's just concerning. We're going to see a lot tonight about how this team plays. Um, you know, honestly, against an average Real Salt Lake defense. So, what do you what do you attest our offensive struggles to right now? Well, Blake, this is this is very much concerning me. We are all used to the last two years of Atlanta United being high flying goal scoring offense and this year we keep waiting for it to come out and and we've seen streaks of it uh go back always to that CONCACAF Champions League game against Erdiano we scored four goals uh, another game during the season we scored three goals but other than that it's been very stagnant Joseph Martinez has not been the Joseph that we remember his finishing has been off he has not been able to get past the keeper as he used to in the past and I I think it's still to come I think it be patient a lot like we've been patient with Frank DeBoer. Everyone was ready to kick him out. And then all of a sudden we go on this five game win streak. I think come mid season, which we're about in mid season right now to, to late season, we're going to hit a form and we're going to start scoring goals for some reason or another. Our offense is still trying to click together. We haven't found the connections that we are used to seeing and the fluidity that'll allow us to score more goals. I still think it's coming because you look at this roster and we have talent among talent all the way down, especially on the offensive side. But luckily, formationally and tactically, our defense has been sound and we have the best defense in the league right now. So it's kind of keeping us par and a little bit above average uh, in terms of the entire league. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the Eastern Conference, Philly, of all teams, is really taking off and, and they're the leaders in the clubhouse, if you will. You know, they've played 13 games. They've scored 23 goals. We've played 12 games. We've only scored 13 goals. So we're 10 goals behind Philly right now. No one would have predicted that at the beginning of the season. Again, we're in fourth. We're in a playoff spot. We're still above the Red Bulls in the standings with a game in hand. I like where we're at, honestly. I mean, if we win our next two games, we're on pace to still be at the top of the league, if not in second place. And I think we can definitely get a win tonight. But we're going to have to see more out of Joseph Martinez creating for himself. The best strikers in the world create for themselves. And that's my only qualm about Joseph right now. You've seen it when he plays internationally. He can struggle without service. And who's going to provide Joseph that service? We have the injury to Tito. And that's kind of the next thing I want to talk about. So who's going to replace Tito in the starting 11? Who's going to link up with Joseph? And who needs to step up right now? A lot of rumors about young Dion Pereira getting the start tonight in Salt Lake. Yeah, and I really, really like that idea. We seen Pereira come on. He played late in New York, and he played late in Orlando. And he looks like a very talented player. He's got speed that can match Tito Vialba, and that's very rare to say because Vialba is one of the fastest in the league. And Pereira had a lot of good foot skills, a lot of ball control, and we saw him maybe have the ability to take defenders one-on-one. Uh, his crosses... 
were good ideas, but I did not see him really get a, a wonderful Gressel-like cross into the box, but give him some more game time and maybe that's to come. I would really love to see Pereira start in Tito's spot coming up tonight. Uh, the only other option I would say that we could have is just to mirror him off the bench, but with the way Pereira has been playing, I, I, I'm going for Dion Pereira. Yeah, would love to see Pereira get the start tonight. I agree. He's been fantastic taking players on in a one-on-one situation. We've seen him, I, I think, just in very limited game time this year. He's taken on players five or six times and beat them every single time. So an exciting young player out of England. Again, we acquired him from Watford, uh, who's done well in the Premier League this year. So he's had a really good upbringing. Uh, he's complained a little bit about the heat in Atlanta. It's only going to get worse, Dion. We're sorry. But we would love to see him come in because this is a great game for him to break out. Maybe he's going to form a link up with Joseph. Someone has to get on the same page with Joseph. We know that Joseph is our goal scorer. But at the same time, I think this is a great game to see PD, Pereira, Gressel, Joseph lead that front line. And let's put two or three in. Like We got to get more than one goal a game to expect to keep this going. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Blake. And and while we're talking tactically about new players coming on, another guy that I really like seeing the last couple games or last game is is Pogba coming on having a great game. And he's a guy that well, I was I was hoping he was going to play in New York, uh, but he didn't. And he's on the bench. I like to see Pogba come in and maybe give someone else a spell. And I thought he had a wonderful game when he had a chance to play. Yeah, I mean, the problem with Pogba is we pretty much got to play a back three to bring Pogba into the team. Back three didn't really work for us early on. It's going to be interesting to see what DeBoer does in this game. We could go with a back three again. Uh, it's hard to break up Gressel and LGP. I'm sorry, not Gressel, but Miles Robinson and LGP uh, because those guys have been rocks. Robinson has been one of our stars of the season. LGP, you just can't put the guy on the bench. He's too, too good of a player. So do we go with the back three with Pogba on that left side because he is a left footer? Uh, you know, on the back line, that could be a great option. And then get those wingbacks pushing forward. Breck Shea is not really a left back, but he's played pretty well in recent weeks. I can see him in that left midfield role, and that could open things up for us. Yeah, and Blake, now that you say that back three, I mean, that's how DeBoer came into the season, starting with that back three, and that that's where a lot of his troubles were exposed. So that kind of scares me if you want to try to go back to the back three where the when we shift to four in the back, that's when we really went on our big five-game win streak or six out of the last seven. So I'm I'm not I'm willing to keep Pogba on the bench, use him as a rotational player. We might give him more time come Gold Cup and Copa America coming around the corner. We might see more of Pogba. But U.S. Open, U.S. Open Cup. Yeah, yeah, there's going to be plenty of time for rotation. I think Atlanta's got great depth. It's all about seeing if we can get our attacking mantra back and start scoring more goals. Blake, I think we got a plan. It's it's time to get into the preview. All right, game night, guys. I know it's a big Friday night. This is going to be a late one tonight, 9 p.m. kickoff at the Rio Tinto Stadium in Real Salt Lake. Real Salt Lake has been an interesting team this year. Uh, obviously, on the Western side of things, they've had an up-and-down start. They're actually sitting in a playoff position. They're in seventh going into this game. 
And again, we've talked about what we might line up as. What have you seen from Real Salt Lake this year, Joe? What are you expecting tonight? I know they got some injuries. They just beat Toronto, uh, Colorado, and Cincy. They've lost to Portland and LA Galaxy. Uh, you know, what is your take and what can we expect from tonight seeing against Real Salt Lake? Yeah, well, Real Salt Lake is a team that brings a lot of youth to the table. They they always bring a young roster. Uh, they usually overload it with young American talent that that's trying to break through for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, and this year they're coming out with a 4-5-1 formation they play five midfielders uh two defensive midfielders and then three uh attacking mids and then one striker is kind of how they've been going at it all season long uh and one of the the star players that has been on salt lake for now three years and he's really become a fan favorite and i really like the kid from slovakia is is Rusnak. And he's a guy that'll play a, a false nine, sometimes goes up and plays a striker sometimes, but he sits behind the striker and he, he's always a threat to score. Uh, it's someone you always got to watch out for Blake. And, and they got a couple other young players that I really like. And they're all Americans after this. You got Justin glad the youthful center back last year was like, was up for the rookie of the year, uh, one of the big name players. And then sitting in the midfield, he plays a left back or sometimes a left wing. And he's all over the place. Is Bofo Saucedo. He's a, a Hispanic player, but he plays for the U- U.S. national team, or he's at least in our pool. He did not get called up for the Gold Cup. And then to round it out, they've always got a stud goalie, a guy who's always played second fiddle to our very own Guzan is Nick Ramondo. Yeah, and I mean, this team does have a lot of youth. They have a lot of talent. Uh, Bofo Saucedo has to be the greatest name uh, in the U.S. national team pool right now. Uh, But watch out for Bofo. Ruznak is a great player as well. I totally agree with you there. Um, Obviously, they're going to be missing Jordan Allen. He's out for the season with a knee injury and Tony Beltran. Uh, Beckerman, the dreadlocked wonder. Uh, I think he's got better dreadlocks than Breck Shea. Sorry, Breck. Um, he's going to be out this game doubtful rather with a hamstring injury. I don't think we're going to see Beckerman longtime U S national team staple. That's uh, actually like, that's probably really good news for Atlanta United because Beckerman, although he's one of my favorites of the past U S national team at his older age, he has been a very a uh, brutal player it causes a lot of injuries for other players. He comes in hard on all sorts of tackles. So I'm glad he's out of this game. And, and one more thing with, the way Real Salt Lake plays, they like to overload you with shots. They they don't p- always have the most possession, but they are willing to shoot from anywhere, and they are known to have 19 to 20 shots per game. So so they're going to give Brad Guzan all he can handle, He but they might have a lot of shots from outside the box. Uh, if we can close down on them pretty quick, I think we have a chance to – to go on and take this game to end of a three game road trip, the longest road trip we have in terms of travel and, and games in a row. If we can come home with six points, that's going to be a huge success. Yeah, no, it'd be tremendous for the team to come home with six points. It's kind of a, it's kind of a battle of a goal scoring team that lets in a lot of goals versus a team that doesn't score and doesn't let in a lot of goals. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this one plays out. You know, we've only scored 13 goals all year. I know that Real Salt Lake, even though they're in seventh, they've scored 18, but they've let in 20, you know, and we've only let in nine goals all year. Something's got to give. Only one way to find out. Again, 
our offense can definitely get it going against these guys. They've given up a lot of goals, but they're going to test Brad. Brad's got to be on his game and he's got to be in position. So Brad, the wall, we're counting on you. Bring back the clean sheets, man. My sheets are so dirty at my house. Yeah. So it's going to be an exciting game. I can't wait to, to watch it tonight, but Blake, we got to move on. Let's, let's go ahead and preview our Wednesday game because that's coming up before our next week's podcast. Let's get it right into it. We got Minnesota United coming up on Wednesday. We're going to finally be back in the bins after a long, long holdover. And we're playing a team that came into the league with us. And they came in as the the lowly, uh, hated, awful MLS outcast of the league. Atlanta United's been the golden child. But this year is a little bit different, and Minnesota is actually putting together uh, a formidable record. And they're, they've got five wins, three draws, and four losses. Not what I was expecting to from Minnesota United to start the year, Blake. Yeah, and I mean, they're in the Western Conference. The Western Conference is strong this year. They're really putting out some great performances. LAFC obviously has been top of the pack in the West. This Minnesota United team is sitting in fifth right now. They've played the same amount of games we have. They've got 18 points out of it. So they're only two points off of the pace that we are. And and they're just an exciting team. I, I really do like the way they built this team. They they moved into a new stadium this year. Obviously, this game's going to be in the bins. They got a great fan base. I mean, they sing Wonderwall at the end of the games, which doesn't make any sense. But I'd like to see us. I'd like to see Alice actually throw in a song, like an Atlanta original song for the end of games that we sing as a crowd together. That so would be go, wonderful. I'm going to go off beat a little bit here, Joe. I just want to know off the top of your head, if you had a song that our entire crowd sang together at the end of a game, what would it be? Georgia on your mind uh, by Ray Charles. That'd be beautiful. Georgia. I think we need to hold it. I think we need to hold it a little more hip hop. I would like to see uh, welcome to Atlanta where the play is play. But sung very slowly, you know, together in unison, like, welcome to Atlanta where the players play and we ride on them streets like every day. You know, if everyone is in unison, I think that'd be solid. Maybe I'm off. Maybe I'm way off. Yeah, but but Blake, if really we had a song to play at the end of every Atlanta United game, why don't you just make it the ATLNG United podcast song that I know all you fans love our song and, and I think we're about to release it. Yeah, it's getting mastered now. I don't think that everyone could keep up with St. Bree and his rapping prowess. So maybe we would need to to go to George on my mind. That would be beautiful. We should we should roll it out. I'll sing it with you at the end of our game against Minnesota on Wednesday night. As long as it's not Oasis. I can deal with it. Well, let's get back into tactically how Minnesota sets up. And this is going to be a very tough game. I was looking at circle this on the schedule thing, and it was an easy win. It's not going to be an easy win. We're going to have to come home and really fight hard. They picked up a Colombian who has been a phenom in Europe for a long time, uh, Darwin Quintero. He came in last year to Minnesota, and he has been a stalwart of their team. Everything runs through Quintero. He is a Colombian uh, with lightning fast feet. He's very speedy. He scored five goals on the year already, albeit four of them have been penalty kicks. But he's also got three assists. He is clearly their top player. Uh, So if we can shut him down, we might be able to shut down the rest of their team. They got a couple other players I want to mention. Miguel Abara, a guy that plays all over their field, and and he's been a, a solid player for them for the past couple of years. 
And then Ike Opara, their center back, who just came on last year. Uh, another guy who's trying to make the U.S. national team. Uh, very, very big center back. And he's finally where there was a big black hole in Minnesota United's defense. He was the guy that came in and filled that void and able to solidify their defense. And it's the reason they didn't get 70 goals scored on them again. Yeah, and, and Minnesota, props to them. Tough first couple of years. They've come in. They built a new stadium, like I said. I can't wait to get up there and check it out. And they're going to be a dangerous team Wednesday night. Whatever happens tonight in Salt Lake, we need the fans on Wednesday night. I know, I know it's tough to get off work early, to get rowdy, to get proud. But guys, we got to take advantage of these home games. We got to get behind the team. So that's my challenge to the fans. That's a challenge to our listeners that are season ticket holders. You guys get out there, get loud, get proud. We're still in this thing. We're in the hunt. I know without a doubt we're going to make the playoffs at our current rate with the way our defense is playing. But we got to start stringing some big home wins together. And I think this is a great, great two game stretch. We got a game on Friday night. We have a pretty good rest break until Wednesday night in the bins. I think we can come out strong, Joe. We need to get six points out of these next two games without a doubt. Yeah, and I, I would love to see us come out and win twice. Yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see if Minnesota is going to come out with their 4-3-3 like they've played most of the year, or recently they've they've kind of uh, uh, experimented with a 4-4-2 and putting two strikers right in the center of the box, and, and it's been a little dangerous. So I'm curious. They, they've scored 20 goals this season. They're, they're starting to put the ball in the back of the net. Uh, can our defense – hold them goalless and can we actually get out there and score a couple on them i yeah. think we can yeah we should we should this is the two games to see our offense come alive we got to step up hopefully tito's back by wednesday we just don't know with that questionable knee injury come on come on atlanta united let's go get six points i'm excited for the next two games i'm excited for a friday night late night game you guys get out wherever you're watching the game whether it's brew house whether it's one of the atlanta united pubs get behind this team tonight we need you they're going to feel the energy all the way in Utah and then bring them home on Wednesday night. Get loud. Get proud. It's going to be a fun week. It's going to be a fun week. Thanks, guys, as always, for tuning in. I hope everyone has a fun and safe Memorial Day weekend. If you're out on the water, wear a life vest or at least have one in your boat. If you're on the hooch, wear a life jacket. Uh, I almost drowned in the hooch earlier this year. That's a long story that I'll tell another time. But, Joe... You got your barbecue ready? You ready to go? This is yeah. a big, fun weekend. And I got my six-pack of Left Nut Brewery. You guys go drink your beers. Be rowdy and proud. Peace out. See you next week, guys. Got a shot of all the blanks in the corner.